Welcome back to the Reason to Behold podcast and another episode with Tolu Talks. Arnold Reasons. And some of our special guests who've been waiting to get on this show for a little while now. We had one yeah, of them yeah, out yeah. of three, but now we got all three in the building remotely. We have <laughs> <laughs> we have the Blacksmith's Furnace. Yo, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Inside, inside. <laughs> Hey, don't, don't, we're not remote, you know. We're all in one place. <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing is, is a myth right now. That's it's, mad. It's, it's all right the window. You, see, you can even hear kids like, if I'm talking, So, yeah, so we've got um, three, three guys. If you haven't heard of them before, the Blacksmith's Furnace is the podcast that they host. Um, Peter is um, the, the link between us. He edits our podcast, but he also is obviously a regular feature here, and he's one of the co-hosts of the free out of the Blacksmith Furnace. We've also got Bobby, Red Mike Bob. Yo. See, the thing is, Red Mike Bob, we've heard about him on this show quite a few times already, even though he hasn't been here yet. <laughs> oh, I hope it's all good stuff, to be honest. Well, None of <laughs> <laughs> your reputation yeah. precedes you. <laughs> and then we've got Mo. Hope it's good stuff. You've been hoping I was lying. <laughs> you know, as, as long as it doesn't affect the babes coming in, it's okay. <laughs> you see, and you're representing Red Mike. And then we've got Mr. Mo as well. Straight shooter. Come on. You see, you see the Mister at the beginning. Yeah, respect on the name. You see that. Right. <laughs> so, guys, just before we get into it. Do you want to tell us a bit more about your podcast, what it's about, where people can find you, how it came about as well? Go on, Peter. Go on, Peter. Yeah, um, yeah Blacksmith's Furnace came about because Robert has random, r- ridiculous questions that he, he always used to bring. Um, I always and do. I mean, they're still coming. He still rings. <laughs> still coming. Facts. Facts. And we found we we benefited from you know having those conversations and thought you know why not put it on a podcast and bring people in bring people into the conversation bring people into what we we benefited from thus far um, and, and the main concept behind it being a furnace is the idea of iron sharpening iron which is what we recognize we we, we do um, I think all of us have grown significantly uh, just from being friends and, and influencing one another so. It's a it's a podcast that just looks at what's going on through the lens of Christian guys um, yeah. at different points of of their lives and uh, yeah yeah it's a good summary, bro. Almost like your heart is hitting. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> yeah, I think um, one element that I really like. Um, about it is that we have absolutely no idea what Robert is going to bring. Like Robert, mm. Robert has the whole week to think on it, to look at different <laughs> angles and all of them things there and try to come up with like some wisdom yeah. with the topics and stuff. There's never any wisdom, man, just topics. Us, man, have literally got like, okay, cool, this is it. And so it really boils it, it almost makes it like a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. As yeah. to like genuinely yeah. how we respond to this yeah. um, in day to day situations. And uh, yeah, it's given us the time to just think through things and to really grow. And it's seen us through like relationships, through marriage, through like birth of children. So it's really reflected just 
our growth as like as brothers, as husbands, as fathers. Um, so yeah, it's been something that has really shaped us. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for just being a part of it. Yeah. And so we recently featured on the podcast as well. So we yes, had to say the Blacksmith's Furnace is the sibling podcast, as it was referred to in that recording. Mm. And I think it's, oh. it's a great way to call it, honestly. But um, yeah, for real, that was a nice and, episode. Another way to look at it, though, is definitely like the after party <laughs> after the right. hey. podcast. That's what we say. Just Bro, because hey, you know. it's that wild sibling. What's going on? But hey, them man are trying to do us like the prodigal son, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know no, but it's okay j- as long as we come back in the end. No, hey. Hey. I mean, j- just, bro, just, like just, but bro, the world thing is exciting. No, yeah, <laughs> when you yeah. Go on that day, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We're kind of like the safe, like, you know, okay, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> I enjoyed my wild, my wild ride so much. It was the after party. Don't sure. worry, and, we're, we're bringing the wild into the No, for real. <laughs> and you know what? In. Just to give it some balance as well, I think that is one of the things that I really appreciated about listening to the podcast that you guys host um and being on it as well is that you guys really venture into some of those quote-unquote wild questions but the questions that really need addressing um Mm. the ones that people aren't really speaking about and and i think it's so easy for us to get caught up in the comfortable christian conversations but then miss out on a bunch of conversations that people really do have questions about that needs to be spoken about. So love and appreciation to you guys for what you're doing. And, and do you know um, what? I remember it actually is the journey of walking out because it was definitely something that wasn't... It wasn't just like, when I say wild, I say it with all the art because while it was quite a journey, it was very well thought through. Mm. You know, I actually had discussions that challenged each and every one of us. You know, yeah. so it wasn't just like we were just being wild for being wild, but actually stuff honestly that needs to be talked about and needs to be addressed and it's coming at it from that perspective mm. and i think to be honest that actually segues quite nicely into what we're going to be talking about today because um, while what we're talking about today isn't something that is not being talked about right now this being talked around about literally all over the world but mm. it's something that actually we need to talk about you know mm. because actually i've been grappling with this all week so you guys probably already know what we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about kind of like the race relations and what's going on in america how that impacts us in the uk how that impacts us all as black men you know all of all of that kind of that situation so yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into that today Mm. (laughs) yeah um so in, in case people don't know um there have been a few instances in america where kind of racial tensions or there have been racial racially aggravated incidents um so for example there's the one with the lady who was walking her dog in central park um her dog was off the leash and then a black guy um kind of told her to put her dog on the leash within the rules and then she went on this kind of racist tirade basically saying how she's going to call the cops and say he's african-american this and that and then he managed to get it all on camera the video's gone viral um and then there's the tragic story of george floyd who um i think it was he was arrested for writing a bad potentially writing a bad check counterfeit money huh alleged alleged money allegedly yeah 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 and um in the course of his arrest the police were very heavy-handed with him they were kneeling on his neck and he actually died from those injuries and there's been a lot of understandable backlash because of it you know there's been riots there have been protests so yeah what do you guys how have you guys kind of been engaging with this and what have your thoughts been um, as you've been watching this unfold, they've been angry. 
facts. Yeah. Facts. I feel like with... Um, Sorry, Moses, you go. No, nah, you go, you go. I was going to say, I think, like, with, with George Floyd, it, it hit a bit differently than other um, police-related deaths in the past. I think just because usually someone's getting shot, it's, like, very instant. Mm. Yeah. But with George, he was choked out for, like, 10 minutes before he died. And, like, I don't... And there was just something about, like, the cop having his hand in his pocket whilst he was doing it. So casual! That, like, it, it made me so angry. Mm. Yeah, it's... I think... There's been a, there's, there's been a lot of talk around um, white privilege. And some people argue in, like, we don't... Like, white people don't really have privilege, blah, blah, blah. I think the woman walking through the park is a blatant example of white privilege. Where it's like, you know that I can call the police as a white woman and just say an African-American is, is taking his phone out and is threatening my life with his phone. Bro, is his phone a taser or something? Mm. Like, what? And you you believe that that will trigger a response that, that will justify you calling the police. Mm. Just by stating he's African-American, mm. he's got his phone out and he's threatening my life. There's, there's an element there, especially with that Amy Cooper situation, that really displays her understanding of her privilege yeah. mm. and also her understanding of the threats that the police are to black people. Yeah. Because when she said she's going to call the police, it was almost as though it's like, I'm going to call my big brother to come and get you. Yeah. And I, I, I literally said she was, uh, she, she was, um, she was playing it perfectly to make it such that Christian Cooper, the guy, could also have been a um, a George Floyd, yeah. quite literally, because you're threat you're threatening. Who was it that was it was it Emmett Till? I don't know if it was Emmett Till. Someone that similarly, um, this was way back in the time. They they claimed he was catcalling at a white girl, and so yeah, they lynched him. Yeah. Was it, it was Emmett? And then the girl yeah. came out, you know, however many years later, and confessed. I think on her, on death- her deathbed. Yeah, that he hadn't oh. done anything. It would have oh. been the same thing. Maybe she wouldn't have confessed, but it would have been the same thing. Oh, at, like... at least, at least, actually, that's 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 pushing it far. I don't know the future, but it could quite literally have been the same thing. You know, and I think of if Eric they Garner didn't as well. Have a phone and them things there. It would have been the next. So yeah, no, it's it's been it's been a crazy couple of couple of weeks this past couple of weeks, to be honest. Yeah, and I think right. the sad thing is, like, like even though like things are being recorded. It's not having much of an impact. Mm. Almost nothing. Yeah. Or as much as you would think. Like yeah. you're seeing these things on on video. Evidence is there. But people are still getting acquitted. People are still making excuses for what people are doing. Mm. And it's like if you have all the evidence and you still can't see that this is wrong, then where do we go from here? And I, and I think for me is that in these situations, as much as possible, I try and give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think what's really, really, I think what's really more shocking for me is that, like you said, she literally knew yeah. what her privilege Ooh. could do. Ooh. And she actually used it as a weapon. <laughs> like you can't, there's no like benefit of the doubt available for that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. she literally knew what she was doing. Yeah. And I think it's just, even for me, it's that, because I'm really questioning a lot about what do I believe? How do I approach things? You know, because for example, she was quite senior and quite a big and quite a big investment bank. 
and she operates with those kind of mentalities and those kind of thoughts mm-hmm. there are black people that work in her organization and her thoughts and her mindsets are going to be impacting how their lives in terms of their career go mm-hmm. not just in terms of her interaction with christian cooper but actually she's affecting people's careers and we've talked about this often on the show in yeah. terms of you know okay, you know, okay how do you navigate how do we navigate our careers as young black men and it's like actually no this this kind of mindset this kind of attitude this kind of approach is still very much a big problem in the world that we live in you know so for me it's kind of like that element of the benefit of the doubt is just disappearing day by day day by day it's hard to believe the best in this situation there is no doubt about what our intentions were no no doubt none you know what i think i think you you raised a valid point there in that it's like we so the the general narrative is that not all not all police officers are bad and that's the truth and so whenever you meet a police officer you'd like to think oh this might be one of the good ones yeah but it's almost getting to the point where you're like i could be making a big mistake yeah so i literally need to treat you as though you're out to get me to ensure that i stay alive yeah because me being polite, me raising my hands, telling you I haven't got anything, like I'm just, you're asking for my ID, I'm just taking that out of my back pocket, is not a guarantee that I'm not going to get shot. It's not like enough. the guy got shot in his car for doing exactly, what, doing exactly what the police officer said, take your ID out. He was doing it, boom. And it's like, what? Yeah. And it puts, you, it puts you in a crazy position, especially like being, if, if you're like a parent, because like if like something happens to your kid, like the police or who you, you should be able to tell them if something goes wrong you can go to this police officer and they will look after you mm-hmm. but these days you probably want to stay as far away from the police officers oh. as possible them ones where you're like let's go call the man them I might I might be dating myself here but I was thinking of a Wyclef song uh, 911 <laughs> And how if you know if he was to do a remix, it would literally be please do not call nine one one, no matter what, you know. It's it's just yeah, it's 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 peak. And, and like another thing about pol- police not all being bad, I don't feel like you can say that you're not bad and then not do anything when you see your fellow officers doing wrong. Yeah. One I, good I, thing that I like, sorry, quick, um, is that. I've seen a lot of police rallying against what this guy did, what this police officer did. So there's been quite a few, both black and white, quite a few police officers who have been, like, been part of protests in their full uniform and stuff. Yeah. And like, um, like sheriffs, like made high people up in the police force just coming out and being like, nah, you shouldn't have done that. I feel like that's what's kind of different about this time around, because you can see that actually a lot of people who would normally stay silent are actually starting to speak up and whether that's you know white people who are our friends or our colleagues or whoever it is or actual people in the police department what's actually really different i feel about this time is that actually a lot more people are beginning to say actually look the silence is just as bad as the person that's doing it we have to be more proactive we have to actually change things and i think that's if anything is that's good out of this is that actually it seems almost like a bit of a tipping point where actually people are realizing look if we want to stop this it can't just be i don't say anything no we have to be active i feel like the the the, um, the cynic in me feels like people are only speaking now because they, they feel pressured to or so they don't mm. they're not painted with a certain brush mm-hmm. and um i guess that 
it's helpful in like the short term, but I don't know if it's the most effective thing going forward in the long term. If people uh, are going, if people are only going to say what they think they should say in order yeah. to not um, get flack from everybody else. But I guess I guess the question for me is is that if that ends up in like where do you think that ends up? Do you think that ends up in the change that we need, or do you think it ends up with fake change where everyone's just on their best behavior because they don't want to get caught, or do you think actually that can drive some real kind of change? I think it's fake change. I I think it 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 will only change it it, it will change only enough to make people stop talking. And once I, I would I would push back. I would push back because, and I would refer back to like um, Martin Luther King's protests and stuff, where they had white people marching with them and stuff, and like they faced they faced some some backlash from the white community for standing with black people um, when they realised that when they started to stand, just say like this this can't really happen, um, but that did eventually lead to change, and I think this is one thing that. I, I am struggling with as a Christian and it's the reality of we needed both Martin Luther and Malcolm X to bring about the change mm. now Martin Luther came to the peace, on the peaceful side Malcolm X was so peaceful I've, like, I've also heard there that Martin Luther wasn't as peaceful as we maybe think he was yeah, yeah like, I well. I, I'm seeing a lot of things right actually yeah. And, and when I say that, I'm not trying to say that, you know, he was because what I'm trying to say is that actually some of these things need to be violently opposed. Do you see what I mean? Because actually, until you violently oppose some of these things, and I am the least violent person that you can probably imagine. But for me, it's like some of these things need to be violently opposed. And you know, there's a verse that talks about how the kingdom of hey. suffers violence, hey. violent, take it by force. Bro, you're going to start a protest. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the screen and I'm seeing a lot of people smiling when you said that. Like, the smile was just rippling and people are just nodding. Just, just, I'm just like, yes. You know what? Like, when I saw that they burned down the police station um, in, was it um, Minneapolis? Yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> but Even though it's crazy, I think that's the kind of I guess for me it's a balance, right? Because when people are looting and stuff like that, I'm a bit like, but these people literally did nothing to you. Yeah. Like yeah. you're burning down like a Chinese restaurant and all they've done is serve you food. Like if you really want to be violent with someone, actually take it to the people who are oppressing you. Like don't go steal stuff from Target. Like actually go burn down a fine, burn down a police station. Like if that's how you want to get attention. The the problem is though, the problem is though, that is the logical thing to do, but people aren't acting logically and, and yeah. with reason. It's not a logical it's the, the, it, they're responding illogically to an illogical situation. But, but I think situation. some of those people aren't even protesting. They're not even yeah, actually no, no, protesting. Of course. They just, yeah, just want to go loop. Like opportunist. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's opportunistic. Um, um, criminal. You know, criminal activity. But it's it's under the the mob mentality, reduced IQ, all of this thing where we're, we're hurting. And it's not to justify it. It's not to justify it, but it's to say people are angry. And you know, burning burning down the police station, for instance, um, whilst you might not you might not gain anything from that uh, um, in in a, in a monetary sense, again, is also an illogical response because not everyone in that police station was bad. Yeah. But and again, again, it's it's it's. I'm not even saying it to say they're wrong to do so because i understand yeah i understand if if the people that are supposed to serve the, to protect and serve are killing 
and for so many times you you're seeing these images there was a time when um walt disney got flack for letting kids see simba die um, no not simba <laughs> mufasa. mufasa like mufasa's yeah. death on screen was a big deal because it was the first disney character that they'd seen die and that was a big deal and we're watching people die. We're watching people get shot. We're watching people choke out and die. We're watching grown men call for their mums on video like it's calm. Like this, we, we have to understand that something a lot more insidious is happening to people because they're getting desensitized to the loss of life, to the violent yeah. loss of life, to the unjustified loss of life. So it's like there's there's a lot a lot more going on than just the the riot the rioting and the looting there's I, I saw a video from 2017 with Donald Trump saying to a a, a parade of um, to a gathering of police officers oh be don't be so nice when you're dealing with the thugs and we know that he uses thugs when he's talking about black people I was I was and- going to ask you have you seen have you seen the rhetoric that's going around now around this even now from Trump because you know a few weeks ago some people were where they were like protesting about yeah. the lockdown yeah. right and he was like oh these are very nice people you need yeah. to understand make a deal yeah. with them and now he, when it's for this just, he's like that sorry Tolo, just just to add context to that they were protesting about that because they weren't having somewhere to go and cut their hair exactly exactly and he was <laughs> like just as you said oh they're nice people the same thing with the kkk people he was like, oh yeah they're good people amongst them he can't say anything bad but then talking about the Minneapolis uh, rights, he's like, these thugs, when they're looting starts, the shooting starts. And Reads- you know, that, that's that's a historical quote too. That's from like the 70s around pr- police brutality. Like, and he I think- to make, He wanted to make America great again. He's doing a good job. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like for me, that's what really gets me because whether people are right or wrong in the method that they protest because when you look at america people have been protesting in different ways so like when you look at like colin kaepernick who's like now the he's kind of like the poster child for this kind of thing right right because of the knee right it's a knee for a knee kind of thing but even then when he wasn't doing anything violent people were saying that's not the right way to protest when nba players are wearing a t-shirt that says i can't breathe or whatever it is people are saying that's not the right way to protest is there ever really a a right way in people's eyes to protest because everything is wrong (coughs) protest is supposed to cause um it's not People want protest that isn't in the way of what they're doing in life, but then that defeats the point of a protest. Like because because like no change happens um, if whilst you're not being affected by what's going on by it. Yeah, it, it's it's silly, and like you said, there is no right or wrong way to protest. But I think if things, so again, I think it's too soon for me at least to say whether or not things will change. But we are seeing a different reaction, especially from like the 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 getting the white a lot of white people coming in and saying this is wrong, getting white police officers seeing a lot more videos of like that. It's a different reaction, which which I think is necessary because I think America's getting to a tipping point where there's only so much nonsense people can take before there is some sort of civil war. Especially in America where it's not too hard to get a gun. There's only so much nonsense people can take. And I, I, I think they're getting to a point, especially with coronavirus and everyone's going a bit stir crazy anyway, being locked indoors. <laughs> it's it's only so so many more of these things that 
if the response is the same and the police officer gets acquitted and there's no real repercussions and uh, the same arguments are made to self-defense or to them being thugs and deserving of death where some people are just going to be like you know what Malcolm X we're just going to start shooting people and then being a have you seen those pictures where they're showing you know some of those people like that guy who went to the church and shot like nine people yeah you know that white kid and when you see how he was treated when he was arrested they're talking to Burger King you know what I'm saying like what and you compare that to someone who's what written a bad check like it's not proportional it's not fair how different people are treated in that way you know it's only a matter of time until this all really boils over I'm sorry, Anna, we didn't let you get away. No, in. no, 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 it's fine. Do you know what? The thing is, I'm actually quite slow to speak on these this particular topic. And I think it's because it's it's a it's a sore subject for obvious reasons because yeah, I'm a black man and stuff like that. But then I think even looking at some of my experiences growing up and my perception of police um overall, especially before Christ, it was it was rough, man. There's no there was there were no good police in my eyes. Um and so so i'm very mindful whenever i'm talking about it to try and separate the the natural feelings that i've had because of historical experiences and maybe assumptions that i've had based on different things that i've gone on um and just making sure that when i'm talking about and thinking about it i'm trying my best to do it through the lens of my faith um which speaking i think about is probably, faith, what do you speaking about faith how do you feel like where do you think forgiveness plays a part in like situations like this? But but I think I think there's a difference between me harboring bad feelings towards these people and what they're doing, and trying to figure out how do we affect change. Do you see what I mean? I, I think that it, yeah, go on, on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Are you, are you saying that based on what I said, basically? Yeah, yeah. Because because this is the thing is that I'm not just speaking about harboring bad feelings. I'm saying that because I had so many bad feelings toward police because of experiences and those sorts of things. The temptation for me, whenever something like this comes up, is to almost see everything through that lens. Mm. And so for a number of years, like even after I got saved, I remember. um, So in fact, let me start before I got saved. So I haven't obviously been shot by a police officer or anything like that. I've not had them hold my neck down or anything like some of the crazy things that we've been seeing going on lately. But I have witnessed um, one of my very close friends, I think when we were maybe like 15, um pretty much being in the same situation as the guy who we spoke about his name George Floyd yeah George Floyd very very similar so I hadn't I hadn't even watched the footage of the George Floyd situation on purpose um just because like I said I I I like to be aware but I try to mind myself knowing some of the natural weaknesses that I may have on these subjects and so so I watched the video and as I watched it it was like I literally was playing back something that happened when I was like 15 years old to one of my closest friends um, who hadn't done anything wrong. We were just walking on the street, um, going to the bus stop. He was going to go home. There was maybe four or five of us and police decided to pull up on us. It's East London. Um, There was a lot of that going on at the time, stop search. And there was no justified grounds. And I witnessed the police abusing their position and misusing their authority um, in a situation which led to my friend being put down on the ground and his head essentially being put to the cement as well. Now, thankfully, he survived that. Um, and thankfully, now he's 
life has progressed he's doing really well and stuff like that and so there's no scars physically that were left because of that situation but that's just one of the experiences that I had growing up in East London and so so what I'm, I've said all of that to say basically like I've got a context that I know if I'm very completely honest about myself that I see as a potential area of weakness which is why I'm very very slow to speak in these situations because I know how quickly it based on my experiences I know how quickly and how easily it is for me to respond based on that and from that position rather than looking at it neutrally and objectively um, and so as you guys were speaking as well I haven't said much so far but I genuinely am like searching myself and searching myself through the conversation asking some important questions um, you asked me a question Bobby I can't remember what you said um, where does um, forgiveness forgiveness as a result of your faith play into situations like this so, so this is the deal right from my point of view one of the things I'd say is I really do feel like there's so much there's so much more than what we see in these situations so obviously we know slavery that happened it was a real thing um, black people have been oppressed for god knows how many years and not just black people there are other people that have been marginalised as well for different reasons and oppressed as well but I think a lot of what we see today is the the fruit and is almost like the the byproduct and the effects of some of the things that we obviously know have happened so many years ago. And even when it comes to looking at some of the things that have gone on with police, um, and not just police, but people who have been in some of these really dodgy situations where black people are oppressed or mistreated in one way, shape, form or another, one of the things that I'm mindful of is that I don't necessarily believe, and this is not speaking to any of the situations we've mentioned just yet, uh, we've mentioned today, by the way, but generally speaking, I don't necessarily believe that every single person who is in the offending side of things goes out with the intent, like, to say, I'm going to make an example of this black person. I'm going to abuse this black person. I do believe people are like that. I do believe that there are people who have that outright wicked agenda and attitude and approach. But I also believe that there are a number of people who deal with something that we sometimes overlook, which is the unconscious um, discrimination and the unconscious. But I think I think that's more dangerous, like that. though. That's no, more dangerous. It is. It is. But this is my point: is that if we talk about even some of the things we spoke about earlier, like burning down a police station, like what if 95 percent of the people in there, um, assuming that they were actually people who mistreated black people for one reason or another? What if it came from a place of unconscious um, bias or unconscious views that they have as a result of um, all of the, the stuff that has happened before? Like, yeah, I mean, I think... I don't, know if it, I don't know if I could use that to give them a pass just because of, like, with oh. so much access to, like, technology and how, how yeah. much bigger the world is than it used to be back in the day. Yeah. I feel like there's... There's no reason why those um, um, subconscious tendencies couldn't be uprooted. And um, I, but but I, I but I think it's so systemic and it's so deep. Yes. Yeah, and yes. rooted. Yes. Like it, it, and, and and let's talk about America for a second, right? Because yeah. America is also a very it's almost like this weird kind of place. You know, like most Americans don't have a passport. Most of them, a lot of them, have never left their state, let alone left the country right think how much we travel and we see different cultures and that's how you grow and that's how you change like i lived in america for a year and i had literally no idea what was going on in the rest of the world right it's just like this little bubble 
you know so yes the world is a lot bigger but also a lot of americans for example don't experience that bigger world and their media is this machine that just pumps out a narrative and bludgeons you to death with it you know like especially the the politically motivated media so yeah. you, could, you could quite literally on the same night watch two different channels and get two completely different perspectives completely different narratives of the same issue yeah um, i wanted and, i wanted to say as well um what so part two things partially firstly i think even in the unconscious or subconscious um bias that was mentioned it's like there, there's the underlying understanding that for the most part, the system's got your back. Mm. So it's like, I will get away with this. Well, and it's like, do, even, do if we... it's, even if it's not like, yes, I'm going to do this because I can, whilst you're doing it, you're all, you're almost, you almost feel comfortable because there's this understanding that like, the most I'll okay. get up, yeah, like I might this lose okay. my job, but the other guy had a go fund me. And he mashed so the black guy. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, I don't, I don't even think there is that consideration. I think uh, there but, is, bro. I but I, no, I, I think, I think, I think it's, it's uh, as you guys have said, it's so systematic and so deeply ingrained in them. It's, it's a natural response, and I, I say that because when uh, I haven't been to war, this is, this is no comparison to war. Mm. But when I did um, do a bit of training and we did a. Um, a simulation as as though we were in the uh, in Iraq somewhere um and they, they uh, and this is maybe this is a, a shout out to the british army because they have really good <laughs> simulations there's an understanding when you go when 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 you are told okay there's an enemy threat here there's uh you know th- maybe some people have been killed there before we we go in I don't know if I need to give a lot of context, but we had gone to some remote field and they'd set up this place like it was Iraq. And, you know, we, we were there for like two weeks living. Here we'd get reports of um, there being IED explosions and stuff like that, just to sort of get us into the mood, if that makes sense. Um, but when you... <laughs> when you <laughs> like, like Tory Lanez out here. It's an ambiance. <laughs> When you are when, when when I am when so during that training training a uh, couple of weeks we we do patrols as as the army would do in in Iraq whatever and you're walking around with a with a with a with an understanding and again this was just a training simulation but it's an understanding that that kid over there kid that child over there could be laying down an IED that could mm, kill me mm. or kill one of my brethren and so you don't see people anymore. You see threats or yeah. non-threats, and unfortunately, once that's you've someone. How are they a threat? So, like the map. Once you've handcuffed someone. No, no, no. They're... But then that's the mindset behind it. That's the mindset behind it. Is if I see you as a threat, then it's no longer a matter of you're now handcuffed, and so you're not. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. dangerous. I'm still scared of a lion in a cage. Yeah, it's in real. a cage. I ain't going standing next to that cage. And so if you if if it's it's what what, what I'm trying to say is I don't even think they are. And I'm not saying this to acquit them of anything. No. I'm saying it's so deeply built that this area, these people are, are threats. And maybe that's not even applicable to all of them. But I yeah. think part of it is definitely they are ingrained to think when you're going into this neighborhood, they're dangerous. or And you see every single one of them as dangerous. Bro, bro, bro one, one thing I would question about that, right, mm-hmm. is that so... I think the issue for me is that how they're taught to categorize threats, right? Yeah. So you've yeah. got a white guy who has already killed nine people. Yeah. Yeah. 
and now you've arrested him. He's no longer a threat, so we can take him to Burger King like one of the kids. Obviously, he's right. right but but the black guy who hasn't actually done anything, you just suspect him. You've already got him in handcuffs, yeah. and he's still a threat. Like for oh. me, that's where the issue is because I get what you're saying in terms of maybe they're you know they're seeing it as a threat, but how they're taught to deal with people differently as threats is my issue. But there's no, no, but then that's, that's the whole point. So that's the whole point of what I'm saying is is that oh sorry that, that that's the whole point of what i'm saying is that's the system that's 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 been in place and causes for those unconscious illogical responses yeah. to situations the guy was crying for his mother you don't see that person as a threat and i'm not even saying that he saw it because like he said he had his hand in his pocket it was casual because that's how they deal with with people like that but then thing that i wanted to uh, and, and the point i was trying to bring us to is those unconscious biases do not they, they aren't resolved unconsciously they have mm. to be brought to the forefront mm. i think in response to arnold's question as to if 85 of them 90 percent of them if 100 percent, 99 percent of them were good then you know it's a bit of a un, uh, un um, it, it's an excessive uh, reaction to burn down the police or police station I, I don't think it is and i think it's necessary to bring to the forefront things that are unconscious because i don't think like you said, I don't think people are going out thinking I'm going to kill someone today, yeah. but their training, their system makes it such that they are in those positions. And, and have I you guys, just, have you guys, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, just to add to that as well, the other part that I wanted to chip in on, aside from the unconscious side of things and how you guys have eloquently made it very clear how deeply rooted this stuff can get. But um, the other side, I think that we have to pay attention to, especially as Christians, is to remember that satan does have an agenda and when we identify with people or when we measure people based on their sin and their wicked acts and we combine or we define them by their sin and their wicked acts it makes it impossible for us to build a gospel bridge because we no longer see a person who can be redeemed we see someone who has committed wickedness and committed evil acts right and and rightfully so they are wicked and evil acts but when we look at them and define them according to the fact that they have committed sin we've condemned them and it makes yeah. it impossible for us to build a bridge to want to even see that person redeemed and even share the gospel with them. I think even as an individual who deals with, we, we all see police, we interact with police on a day to day. Thankfully, my life is no longer like it was maybe <laughs> 10 years ago where like, no, because do you know what? Like, Testify. Seriously, because do you know what? I, I just want to quickly side segue into this because I didn't get to finish saying this before. But when I, even after I surrendered to God, and became a Christian, life turned around and everything. I was still living in East London for some of that time. I moved away to Bournemouth, a place completely different from East London, yeah, where the most serious crime that they probably have to worry about is drunken, disorderly teenagers that are drinking in a park. Like, it was a completely different place. Um, but even then, even after leaving the environment where I had those bad experiences, um, I still felt uneasy about police. I still felt uneasy around police. And that's something that even went into my marriage. I remember like within my first year of marriage that my wife noticed that whenever there was police driving behind my car, I seemed to get like a bit more tense or a bit more uneasy. And I think it's because of all of those experiences and stuff. So that's why I said it's important for us to separate it. But back to the sin thing, I think as Christians, we can't forget the importance of yes seeing and calling something wrong and unjust and evil and wicked but not allowing that to blindsight us from being able to see the individuals behind it because scripturally speaking um and this isn't to downplay the evilness by the way this isn't 
all of these things we've spoken about they're evil they're really bad they're they're terrible situations that you wouldn't want to wish upon anybody but scripturally speaking the scriptures expose the wickedness in this world the scriptures expose that satan is the god of this world and it doesn't justify the acts at all but i think it's a good lens and a good starting point for us to see these things from in order to at least be able to separate our disgust and our hate towards the wickedness and the evil acts without making the mistake of almost seeing these people who are committing these acts as the acts that they're committing I think I think I agree because in a lot of ways they are acting out of what they've been made to be right I think for me my thing is against the system that is creating people who act and who think and who live that way right because they're a product of what they've grown up in they're a product of the values that they've been given and I think what's been really challenging for me is even when I read some of these new things news things is 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 hearing the narrative that goes on in my head right because I grew up in a very different way in place to how you grow up mm. you see what i mean so my narrative and when i when i have thoughts in my own mind i'm thinking okay where did that thought come from yeah. why is that my default way of analyzing this situation it's because yeah. we all have filters we all have layers mm. that we've had built up over the years of mm -hmm. how we interpret this information for real one thing i would add to I what think... you said sorry bro yeah i was just gonna say, off, off throw another question out there just to one of the things you mentioned though, about the systems um I went to um, a Christian program called the Wilberforce Academy. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. Yeah. So me and my wife went to this Christian program in, I think within like the first two months of our marriage. It's a one week, roughly um, residential trip held by Christian Concern, shout out to Christian Concern, check it out. But it's not, just to quickly summarize, it's an amazing program that deals with a lot of these important life issues through the Christian lenses and helping to equip us to be able to I guess live out life through the lens of our faith and there was something important that I remember learning that was was taught there and it was that systems the systems are not necessarily what are corrupted it's the people that are behind the systems the characters within the systems because mm -hmm. the system is defined and built by the characters within it mm -hmm. and so even with the problems with the systems I still think that goes down to the root issue of the wickedness in the hearts of the people who are who are involved in the system so like yeah. for the, the example that you mentioned tolu for example the way that they're trained to categorize um what was it to categorize threats to categorize threats like somewhere somehow just like i've got these experiences that i've spoken about and you've got the experiences you've spoken about some dude maybe a white dude had his own experiences or assumptions or maybe experiences he'd heard about to do with black people that may have then influenced some of the systems that he put in place to say, yeah, this is how you categorize a threat in this way and in that way. If you, did you get what I'm saying? So I think it still Ooh, comes yeah. down to the wickedness and the sinfulness that exists within the, the, <clears throat> the characters. What you yeah. Gonna say? yeah, I was going to say, so a few things, I'm going to backtrack throughout the entire thing, but um, immediately I think, um, I don't think we can, so with, with systems and cultures and stuff like that, a culture is, is roughly speaking, the some set of norms that a group of people have agreed to live by. Mm. Yeah. That's that's a culture. And so it's it's an agreed norm. And so as you said, unrightly said, it's like we as a community set the culture and we set the systems. And it gets to a point where the system takes on a life of its own and it starts to reproduce within it, but it still remains um it almost there's a balance where 
it then influences the people, but the people still influence the system. Mm. And so it's like government and um, democracy right now. We still vote in who goes into government, but government then create the policies that we need to live by. Mm. And so almost like we're living, there's, there's like a mutuality in the way that we're living. Um, and so, yes, I do believe that we need to address both. We need to address it systemically and also personally in terms of that there is definitely systemic racism yeah. within the high, uh, within society. There's systemic, and there's like glass ceilings and all of them things there. But we have the people who is working in their benefit and in their favor, and they're like, no, we're going to keep this going. We're we're, we're going to perpetuate this. And also, in looking at the sin problem. I would push back from the perspective of God doesn't differentiate or God, I don't believe that God um, separates us from our sins outside of Jesus. He says we are clean and so we are sinful. It's like we burn in hell. It's not like God takes out the sinful part of us and puts that into hell and then we get the rest of us gets nuts. Nah, it's like we yeah, burn. But I would I would give you double pushback on that one, bro. Because okay. what is the gospel message? The gospel message says, yes, you have committed those sins. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are guilty. And yes, you yeah. deserve eternal punishment. Yeah. However, choose life. I'm giving, this, you, this, this I'm is giving the you the opportunity. And so I think that's where it's the distinction between being condemned and being mm-hmm. convicted. Because someone yes, who's condemned th- is final. That's the end. It's done. You're like, you're yes, washed. Yes, and I, gone. I agree 100%. There, there's a total difference between condemnation and conviction. Yeah. Conviction leads to godliness, righteousness, and a belief in yeah. Christ. Condemnation, <laughs> that's a totally different thing. But there, there's the reality, and I just believe there's the reality, like Christ died for me. Mm. My actions, like our actions, where it's like we chose to sin. And God being a righteous and just judge still convicts us for our sin. Mm. Like we had um we had a part to play in. We chose and we opted to do those things. And so rightly so, judgment falls onto us. Mm. But also I wanted to say, um, you might hear some babbling in the background now because I'm holding my son. But um, I wanted to say that initially with your remarks about being honest with yourself in terms of where you're from, background wise, and trying to navigate these things in all wisdom and with caution, I think is good. I think it's good. But I think there, there is... I think Paul says we need to take every thought captive and bring it into subjection yeah. of Christ and stuff. Right? So I think there's wisdom in that. Um, but I would like to, I think, so I, I, whenever I look at things, I also look at it from a perspective of those who might not particularly be Christians or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, we have a hope beyond this life. So I can get choked out, mm. God forbid, but I can get choked out. And yes, it will be horrendous. But based on my faith, I know that I have a hope that is beyond this life. And I believe that like, I will be in heaven, even as horrendous as everything that is happening is. Um, but I still believe that we, we, need to, we need to create rooms or a space where we can wrestle with these, some of these things yeah. publicly yeah. so that people who are not of faith can still see that yo even though these like christians aren't untouched 
buy these things and it's not like they they're not just coming out with clean cut answers but they are wrestling with this like they are hurt they're caught there and i'm not necessarily saying that you're not presenting this so i almost approach it from the opposite perspective from you from the perspective of my interactions with the police have just been abysmal um and so i actually vent and i i make known my wrestle so that my friends and the people who are around me who aren't christian can still recognize in that wrestle that yo like in as much as he claims to have faith he is still wrestling with this and he is still trying to see what god says about this um and so like i generally i'm like how how do i navigate this like i'm i'm at a point where i'm just like i genuinely don't even want to talk about forgiveness i i think i think it's important that christians also talk about it and and express firstly that it's wrong and as as arnold expressed that it's evil yeah um 100%. but but that we we aren't we we aren't so ignorant of what's going on because i don't think that's what god does i don't think god ignores people's pain like we didn't see him do yeah, that with hagar yeah. we didn't see him do that with uh, the the all the rules and the laws that he gave for the widow and the orphan so we know that he doesn't ignore people's afflictions and so i don't think christians should do that either yeah. and i think one of the one of the unfortunate repercussions of the church being so quiet about this especially in the black black community is seeing blacks go away from god to all of these other things that they feel gives them more worth like the black hebrew israelites or like the whole sun god and egyptology all of that and egyptology and, and there. Islam yeah, kings and there and you guys are treating us as um as uh, as slaves here yeah, islam is a very big one because islam's all about <laughs> now nah, actually fight it's, it's, it's holy war jihad it's all good hey, bro so bro. I think I think run it's... up in the police station, Allahu Akbar, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shout I think it's extremely, station. extremely important no, that, no. <laughs> that Christians express that we recognize yeah, the yeah. evil. But then I think, like you said, it, it's with the. I, I I I don't think forgiveness is the is a sermon to be preaching. Yeah. But I think recognition of the evil. Um, exactly, it's yeah. something to be preaching, but, definitely. But sorry, I, I think I think there has to be something that we recognise that look, if we allow these things to get into our hearts and to poison us and yeah. to make us bitter, it is going to be more harmful for us in the long run than forgiveness and that kind of thing because for me that's what forgiveness is about forgiveness but, isn't about saying this is okay it's yeah. about me letting go of those really horrible feelings that i have about it yeah, yeah. and but then, so, navigate life through that yeah my, my my alternative to preaching forgiveness right now because it's not what you want to hear and i'm not saying that you preach what people want to hear no no but, but for, me, for me it's, both, it's both sides yeah. of it yeah. oh, wow oh, yeah. wow yay wow. you just drop a name sorry this is what you found the bleep all the times i've been on i've been on the podcast i try not to do it you guys are bringing it out of me. you guys nah. have brought it back to home so so, so my my Someone? alternative to forgiveness is recognizing our own sin and yeah. recognizing that god could and should deal with us much more um much more he, he has more right to deal with us in a in a 
in a strict fashion and and consign us to hell because that's what we deserve death is what yeah. we deserve and i think that's more sobering a a a sermon uh, not a sermon to hear but that's more sobering a message at least for christians to hear because yeah. we recognize the truth of that as opposed to sending someone that's question mm, mm. Did Jesus either did he either forgive people or accost them and call them out for what they did wrong? It depends who he was speaking to, right? I feel he did both. He yeah, did both. This, yeah, he did do he both. Called out the same people and then he would forgive them straight yeah, after. Yeah. Like, but wait, 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 wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. I think for me, it's it's not about do we preach forgiveness or do we preach justice. For me, those two things. Right? We, yeah. we, we preach justice and we say actually things need to change and we do what we need to do to get those things changed but at the same time we do that from a heart of I'm not bitter against you for what you're doing yeah, what you're yeah. doing is wrong but I am not holding unforgiveness I'm not harboring bitterness towards you I've let that part of it go but what you're doing is still wrong so yeah, I'm praying for grace to get think, to that point, man. I'm getting. I'm praying for grace to get to that point. I think, right now, I'm holding it against. No, do you know what? Man's confessing his. No, do you know what? I'm there with you. I, I think and the thing is, why, I was going to say, I think there's a reason why pastors don't preach about whether or not the person who's just died at the funeral they're officiating was a Christian or not. They don't talk about whether or not that person's going to go to hell or heaven because it's 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 just not the thing for that moment for the people sitting there to think well actually i don't remember when he gave his life to christ and so he might be in hell <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not for that time and i'm not saying that wrong. man's there preaching and two so, so, hell you're, you're completely right you're <laughs> completely right totally in that moment you can't mm. actually do anything about whether or not that person has gone to hell or heaven which is why they don't bring it up yeah but, but what i'm saying is is that in this moment right i am processing through my feelings <laughs> about seeing all of these things that happen and bro, to be honest, it's very easy to get to that point where you're just like you just see all white people as the same. Yeah. Mm. Start to everybody. And then we're guilty of the same thing. Exactly. And bro, that's not how I want to live my life. So for me, I have to remind myself, right, in these mm. moments, actually, I need to I need to let that part of it go. I yeah. I still need to stand for justice and what's right, but I can control how I how I I can mm. control that. Yeah, I, so, I, I almost feel like I almost feel like this is almost like a job moment. In what way? In the in the sense of, like, that I've I've heard and I've seen a lot of people like scrambling to put these things into words. Yeah. Mm. And like trying to say the right things, mm. but I feel like it. just sit with it. Like, so, and, and and it's not sitting with it from the perspective of like this is okay. It's like no, nah, like this is not okay. And it's like. Raw, and just being in that space of like, this just happened, so, like, and there being space for that, and it's not 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 necessarily being like we need to have an immediate response or we need mm. to have the way forward patterned and all of them things, but it's just like, yo, like, because they sat and Job was still suffering and they sat for like seven days until they came with their foolishness, like <laughs> the whole conversation went left. One person talking about I had spirits talking to me at night, and then you're trying to come. <laughs> nah, that that's his whole left. But it's like, let's sit, let's sit and allow God to like minister to us, really minister to us, and like give us this wise counsel and just be like, like God, like this, this is evil, this is evil, and it's like I don't have the answers. I right now I don't have the answers, and there's space for that. Um, 
and everyone is just hurting yeah so, so there's a couple things that i wanted to say first of all i wanted to go back to the point that mo mentioned when he said i pray that i get the grace to get to that place but i'm not there yet Fam. do you know what i just want to say on that as well yeah i i genuinely appreciate that and i think it's important that that's something that you can even admit because the truth is like i don't think any of us here really do have the solid answer on the the 10 step plan to overcoming these crazy situations that have been going on systemically like you guys have mentioned for a very long time um but i think it is important that even each of us are able to honestly self-examine and be honest about where we're really at with these sorts of situations because if it is at a stage of i don't know then let it be an i don't know and i'm hurting because also with what peter and tolly were saying i actually feel like there was a lot of um consistency between the two things you guys were saying because whilst forgiveness is something that we get to sometimes it's easier to forgive on certain things than others but when the pain is the pain like the pain is the pain isn't it yeah. and sometimes part of processing and getting to the state <clears throat> of forgiveness is being able to have that honest conversation and say now nah, you messed me up like I, I feel jacked up by this thing and being honest about how the situation whatever that situation is has actually made us feel um and so I agree with what you were saying Mo, as well about creating the spaces for those conversations to be had. I think this conversation that we're having on mic, no one knew which way it was going to turn or who was going to say what. But I still think regardless, like this is a conversation that did need to be had and probably should continue mm. being had in, in different people's friendship circles, like even to yeah. the people listening. Um, it, in one way, shape, form or another, it's a conversation that should continue because as the conversations are happening... Um, at the very least, one of the things that probably is happening is we're surfacing our pain. We're surfacing mm. the way that these things are making us feel. And you know what? To the people that are on the offending side, um, I don't know what their interpretation of how we're affected by these things is. I don't know if they're ignorant, some of them. I don't know if they're malicious. Yes, there's different people have different intentions and stuff. But the fact is, whatever their intentions are, whatever, whether it was um, ignorance or it was intent, um, it can't it it has to be met with the fact that we are hurting and we are people that feel these things but i think again like has been said it is important that as christians we're mindful about how we have these conversations and about what we allow to take i guess the thoughts that we entertain the thoughts that we allow to become the things that we actively promote like i think there's a place for us to keep that in check because that's not to dismiss the evil or the wickedness of the things that have been happening but it's to say that we're mindful of the fact that sin exists wickedness exists and satan does have an agenda that cuts across race color and background and so we have to be mindful that we don't lose ourselves in the things that we're feeling in the moment um it, so doesn't it doesn't dismiss our feelings. It doesn't dismiss the, the, the realness and rawness of the pain that we've experienced. But it's to say that, okay, I identify that these things are really crushing me and I don't have the answer to how we even practically get that solved. However, in me processing these things, in me having these conversations, I have to make sure that I stay centered and filter my actions and my thoughts and, and how I deal with this situation through the lens of, of my faith as a son of God. I think I wanted to quickly um, mention as well, um, as you were speaking, I was reminded of the scripture where the, apost the apostles asked Jesus, how many times will my brother mm. um, sin against me and I forgive them? And Peter was like seven times, but Jesus was like, nah, depending on which 
gospel, you read something 77, something seven times seven. But um, the reality is that, like, and the reason I thought about that is because the, the, the reality is this hasn't just happened once. Yeah. This has been happening since slavery. This has been mm. happening. And it's like they have been getting away with it. It's been happening over and it's been a public display of like white supremacy. Mm. Just blat- blatant like they have the power and the black, the African-Americans or the blacks or whatever are in ethnic minorities are in like the minority and they don't have the power structurally. And it's like, yes, we are called to forgive as like, even however many times but it's almost like in it yeah but it's almost like um and i liken it to I, like if you got into a relationship and your partner cheated like once it's gonna cut deep but then you're like cool let's try it again pardon <laughs> bro <laughs> <laughs> where's that, pardon? Where's that come again? what where's that come again <laughs> But even even if you locked it, even if you locked it and you got somebody else, and then they cheated, and then you got somebody it else, you. and then they cheated, it affects eventually, you. you're just gonna be like, bro, bonnet. Yeah. Like, bonnet. I'm just. What, what, what? I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. And so it's like just the consistency, and like just how much. Because even the, the police officer now. Even though he's been charged, he's been charged with third-degree murder, which is accidental murder. The guy is telling you he can't breathe. Noah, sorry. Excuse me. I'm talking. Okay? And you're smiling at me. Yeah, the guy is telling you, I can't breathe. And you're, you've still got your foot on his neck, your knee on his neck, and your hand in your pocket. And they're saying it's accidental. Nah, bro. One officer telling him to relax. And it's like, yeah, I'm just like, just how um, repetitive this is. And I want to, I, I, re- I really want to end with saying, um, there's a book by a black liberation theologian called James Cone. Um, and for anyone who's actually interested, I, I would recommend this book. This book is called The Cross and the Lynching Tree. Mm. And it, it's saying, um, in the lynching tree, we see the modern closest um, imagery of the cross of the crucifixion is very hard hitting stuff it's like it's i read it and i was i was in a white biblical college i couldn't look at the people as i was reading it i can't lie to you, <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> I can't lie to you. it was them ones where i had to sit with the black people and there was only like five of us i had to just sit with them and just face the wall as i was reading the thing car it was peak but this is the reality is is like and, and it goes through james cone was writing from the perspective of he had seen peaceful protests getting tear gassed and oh this is a peaceful protest getting tear gassed he had seen like just the repet- he grew up down south and he like at daily would would be wondering is my dad coming home would i be coming home and he's been he would see these christians who would preach christ and then come out and watch an inch would preach Christ and come out and like be actively involved in lynching and chasing people down and blah, 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 blah. And so his heart, he, he literally just was just like, white Christianity is demonic, essentially. And that's based on his context. Um, and it was, as I was reading it, my whole heart was, but we need to move 
towards reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. That was my heart. We need to move towards reconciliation. But the more and more that I am faced with these situations, his position is starting to resonate all the more with me. Because I'm like, I it's like this has almost become like a barrier where it's just like we need to address this. We need to address this. And it, it's becoming more and more so just yeah, it's it's difficult. And as I said, the the I'm I'm praying for the grace where I can just be like, yo, let's move towards reconciliation again. Yeah. It's difficult, man. Have you guys um have you guys seen what Trevor Noah has seen his monologue? So Trevor Noah, have you seen his monologue about what's been going on? No. No. If you haven't seen it, actually take a look at it because he offers some really interesting perspectives on how all of this is kind of breaking down and kind of a summary is he's saying look within society we agree to certain rules and regulations and that kind of thing you know and what we're seeing is that actually the people who are meant to be upholding the society to those rules so like the police the lawmakers they're not actually holding up their end of the bargain so now people are saying well why should i hold up my end of the bargain if the guys who are meant to be enforcing it they're not even holding it up you know, and how everything just degenerates from that place because actually our leaders, and you even see it in the UK, right, with what's his name, Cummings, who he's the guy who is telling us that this is how we need to behave in lockdown and then he's not doing it himself. And then we're all saying, but hold on, you're making the rules and you're not keeping them yourself. And that's how society just descends into this anarchy because the people who are meant to be making the rules, we're not holding them to account for actually keeping the rules. You know, so if you guys haven't watched it, I definitely suggest having a look at it um, and seeing what you guys think. So I've got a question for us to maybe go around and answer. But, like, let's speak to the person who is obviously listening to this conversation, who's been seeing what's been going on, and they say that they are struggling, um, struggling to marry their faith with this situation. What are some of the things you would say to that person? Um, I would say you're not alone. Like, I think a lot of us are struggling with what is happening and how to process what is happening. I think for me, it really, I'm what I'm really kind of mindful of is not letting this take your heart to a bad place. Yeah. And that's why, like, kind of, we've been talking about forgiveness and things like that. And I think for me, it's like, no matter what processing you go through, always try and keep it in a place where actually you can still get to a good heart position because whatever action you take after that like your heart is the most important thing in all of this is actually making sure that actually we're all functioning from a place of a good heart because actually then the solutions that come from it you know the actions that we take are from a better place than if we're operating from bitterness you know and it's not an easy thing like i don't think any of us are there right now yeah. you know we all have those feelings but it's like try and try and deal with those feelings in a constructive way um, because then we can really actually make a, a big difference. Mm. I, I'd say, like, take your feelings, feel them, but feel them in the presence of God. Mm. Um, like, you'll look through the Psalms, and uh, yeah, some of them are, are like praises to God, but so, a lot of them are also like David speaking in anguish to yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we can see like outside um, of the Psalms where David talked about as well, like just how he was able to navigate his life. Mm. Um, 
alongside so like if you look at the psalms alongside david's life in the bible you can see how he almost went from strength to strength except at the end um and that's because like he was man after um, god's own heart so he was he was able to bring all of these things to god yeah and like kind of wrestle with them with god sorry what you just said there actually I'm just, I didn't even mean to interrupt, but no what you just said there about him being a man after God's own heart, I just linked it to what you also said before about how he would essentially just outpour to God. And and I think what we see in those scriptures when he tends to outpour is he tends to come to a resolve. Yeah. Um, and so what the reason why my mind just felt like it got blown when you said that is because part of the process of being after God's own heart is being able to vocalize and pour out about those things, but then come into that place where you're ready to draw from his perspective and let that inform you. And then obviously keep you going as you progress um, through the rest of your days, basically. So yeah, so that was yeah. round of applause. So yeah, go, go spend some time in the Psalms. You can even look at, you can, you can look at Job, like Moses brought up, like he brought his, um, his woes, to God, like mm. God, I've I, I been doing the thing. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. And then God, God met him, and God like talked him through it. Same way, who was it? Elijah. Elijah was ready to die, and then again the angel came and and, and, and like met him. So like, take it to God, and then allow him to meet you, and work through it with him. And yeah, that's what I would say. That's good. Uh, I think um, Peter. Were you about to say something? No, go ahead, go ahead. Because your okay, your thing's just gone off. Um, I, I would say, welcome to the club, bro. Um, <laughs> don't know. But right afterwards, I was saying, sit down, let's try to figure it out. Mm. Um, and I, I would lean on the scripture that says, um, work out your salvation in fear and trembling, um, because the you're in that statement is plural is is talking to the community so it isn't just you as an individual work out your salvation but you as a church within that community work out your salvation and so there's a reality in that we need one another to wrestle with these things to kind of walk through them and stuff like that um like um proverbs and ecclesiastes tells us that even wise people need wise counselors um but also right bro but as you go through the script, as you go through the scripture in terms of work out your fear, uh, work out your salvation and fear and trembling, it then says because God is the one who is stirring you to will and to want to do as well, and it's like it then invites. So it's not just me and you sitting down to figure this out, mm. but we're figuring out because God is causing us to. So let's make sure that God is at the center and at the forefront of this discussion. Mm. And so let's, as a community, sit in God's presence and try to figure this out. If you've heard the last part, because my son just screamed. Are you Adlerman? Are you my hatman? It's cool. So yeah, that's that's what I'll say. As a community, let's sit down. Community doesn't have to be a hundred people. It can literally just be two, three people. Let's sit in God's presence and actually try to wrap our heads around what is it that God is requiring of us during this time. And yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I'd echo the same things that have been said. Um... Firstly, that you are right to be angry. You're right to be struggling with it because it's not a good. It's not. It's not the right thing to be happening. It's evil, and it's your your response to evil should be anger. Should be um, should should be discussed. 
but it's it's recognition of the fact that God is in control, especially if I'm speaking to a Christian. God's in control. As as hard as it is to see that now, as hard as it is, as hard as, as hard as it is to to feel that, it, it's the truth, and it's it's the enemy has not overcome God in this situation as well. It's tragic that a man has died. It's tragic that so many men have died, um, but God remains in control, and there we can find hope really and and that's why i'd say in god we will find hope mm. that's good i would what about say yourself Arnold? yeah i would say um I, I agree with everything you guys said i'd say feel the pain um express your pain but in your expression of it in your processing and journeying of it remember who you are um again speaking to a christian in particular remember who you are and whose you are and remember not to allow the the feelings that are very real and are very um normal in the situation not allowing those feelings to almost now dictate your actions and be provoked to or even find yourself falling into the mistake of committing the very same sins in a different form that you find your the oppressors or the people that are mistreating black people um of because i think that that's one of the dangerous pitfalls that i think came up earlier on is that we don't want to let our pain to cause us to feel or to basically paint them all paint all white people um with the same brush or all police officers with the same brush um but yeah i agree just process it with god and if you don't have the answers there's not there's nothing wrong i would say in some senses of not having all the answers because i don't think we all each and each individually have all the answers ourselves but again um even if we don't have the answers we can remember the hope that we have in jesus and the hope that we have that no matter how crazy this world gets and how evil and how wicked wickedness continues to rise in this world we do have the hope of a new heaven and new earth where every tear will be wiped away sin and evil will be no more and all these things will be by distant memory but in the moment that doesn't dismiss you from the pain it just tries to give you something to anchor yourself um to not get lost in the pain amen 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 thank you guys so much for um coming along the blacksmith's furnace i love conversations with you guys man me too i <laughs> think good man i think yeah, sure, i'm sure good. we'll have plenty more to come in the future by god's grace definitely fam i've got some topics in mind got some topics in mind already <laughs> I'm, I'm already shook i'm already shook bro bro i see them sweating you know <laughs> and i see the sweat i saw the clump jeez <laughs> no but um but yeah thank you guys once again and if if you guys didn't hear it in the beginning please check out the blacksmith's furnace podcast um where you can hear peter bobby and mo chopping it up and just processing some of these difficult situations through the lenses of three young black christian men um where can people find you robert you got this yo you can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith's furnace you can find us on itunes and spotify we've got black 
like the Blackness Furnace. We're on Twitter at the Furnace UK. Don't go in there, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're on Instagram, TBS Furnace. Yeah, TBS Furnace. Yo, I still got it. And our email address is <laughs> tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. So we're there. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty nice. And and also just a word to um to our listeners as well. I mean, if you are someone that is feeling the pain, we just pray and hope that you're encouraged by the fact that even though we didn't have all of the answers or even give you all of the answers, that you get a chance to hear just a few brothers trying to navigate this thing um without losing themselves. And so be encouraged and yeah, let the conversations continue in your local communities. And be peaceful. Don't lose yourself in how we obviously respond by God's grace. Help us, Lord. We need you. Amen. You meant it up there. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>